And it's that time again for another episode of the Peak Signing Agents Podcast with your boy here, DVO, Mr. Derek Van Otten. And thank you again for tuning in. I want to give a huge thank you to everyone. I was just looking um, in uh, a lot of the podcast platforms on different notary type of podcast. And I am so honored and so happy to say we have the longest tenured podcast. I've been consistent every week except for around the holidays. I skipped one week around the holidays. Uh, I've been doing this this podcast for uh, just over a year now and we have the most episodes. So I have just had a blast doing this. I was talking to a recent uh, signing service owner and they were asking me, what's the purpose of me doing this podcast? Why am I doing this podcast every week? And my answer was a simple, it was a quick answer. I said, it was for you. I do, I'm doing this podcast for you. I'm doing this podcast for every signing service owner out there. So they have the best peak signing agents doing the jobs for them. I'm doing this for the, the, the notaries, the signing agents that want to be the best in their field and make the most money. That's who I'm doing this for. I'm doing this for the notaries and signing agents that want to provide a, provide a better life for their family. And I hope this brings value to you. Uh, I, I just noticed this week, I, my name or my podcast was tagged in like three or four posts uh, just this week in, in different Facebook groups. Someone had a question. They said, hey, you need to look up this podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone that shares the podcast. I, I truly, truly do mean that. And I appreciate that. And I hope I'm helping you become the best signing agent you can be to provide the best for your family. That's, that's truly how I feel. So thank you so much, and I'm going to keep bringing value to you guys, uh, but please share it. Please please uh, give it a rating. Please uh, write a comment. It does bring it to the top. It helps me get out there so that the, the podcast platforms can, can pay me, and so I, I, I would appreciate that so much. All right, let's talk about this week's episode, and I want to talk about you as a signing agent, to be a peak signing agent, you need to know more than just our role as a notary. We are not just a notary. We do not just witness signatures when we are signing agents. We're not there to just say, hey, prove me who you are. Give me your ID. Okay, great. Now sign where it says your name. Here, Here's where you sign. Here's where you sign. Here's where you sign. We don't do that. Now, when you're doing general notary work, you kind of do that. You're like, hey, do you understand what you're signing? Maybe maybe have them take an oath, make sure they prove who they are, make sure they sign it and say, great, let me sign stamp and you're on your way. Simple as that. That's fine doing general notary work. That's totally fine. But as you, if you're a signing agent, we have a more extensive role. Now, yes, we cannot give details. We can say give tax advice. We can't give legal advice. We can't say whether their interest rate is good or bad or say, maybe you should shop around or, you know, here's details here. Here's, here's, here's in depth about things. No, we don't do that. But do we give quick explanations of every page? Yes, we do do that. We're not just a point and sign type of agent. Now, if you want to be a peak signing agent, you definitely are not going to be just pointing and telling them to sign. No, you have to make sure they understand what they're signing. So you're giving them a quick explanation. When you're doing signing agent work, where it's a little different role. So we have a we have a more of a role as a signing agent. That's why we get paid more. But I think it's important to understand the process, the whole 
mortgage real estate process. I think that's important. I want to tell a little story of back when I worked in corporate America. When I worked in corporate America, I always had management positions, always. And I would, well, I want to give a good example of a manufacturing line that I used to, to work on. I work, I've worked on a few different manufacturing lines. And, you know, we're, we're making product. We're making some something. And it goes down like almost like an assembly line, right? One person does their job. They hand it off to the next person. That next person does their job. They hand it off to the next person. When I worked in manufacturing, I did not like the idea of somebody learning their job and only sticking with that job. I never liked that idea. So I always made my employees learn other jobs. For example, if somebody was in position B, that means they got their they got a product from position A, right? Position A did their job, handed off to position B, position B did what their role is, was, and then they would hand it off to position position C person. And I didn't like, for example, that position B only did position B. I didn't like that. I always taught them, I want you to learn position A, and I want you to uh, learn position C. And in fact, I want you to learn position D, E, F, L, every position we've got. I want you to learn every role here. I'll tell you why. I found it important that they knew more than just their job, because what if somebody was gone for the day or somebody took a vacation, that they could flex in. They were flexible enough to to do the other job, but also I thought it was very important always to understand where the person before them and after them were coming from. So for example, if they were in position B, they might complain about position A all the time. Oh, why does position A always do this? They always give it to me this way wrong. I always thought it was important that they learned position A because then they understood why they were receiving what they were receiving. And you know what? Sometimes they can come up with solutions. Hey, you guys, did you know that if you're doing this wrong? If you did this right, then the next person, it'd, be, it'd make their job easier. And they wouldn't, they'd be like, they, position A would be shocked, for example. Like, oh, we didn't understand that. And so that's why they had to learn other positions. Or they would learn position C. Hey, you know what position B? You're always complaining about position A, but did you know you're doing the same thing and, and handing it off to position C wrong? And they, I didn't even realize that. So that's why I would show them position C's role. Hope that makes sense. But what I'm trying to say is I always wanted my team members, my employees, I always wanted them to know the role of the person before them and after them. I always thought that was important because it would make them do a better job. It would make them understand the other people's role. So I'm telling you that story to say that I think as a peak signing agent, you should also understand the roles before we get the job and after we get the job. Do not stick in your bubble. I've said this many times before. Don't always think of the position as what's in it for me. Hey, you guys are not making the job easier for me. I want you guys to do the job easier for me. Now, in this example, yes, in the manufacturing world that I was talking about, yeah, we kind of were saying, hey, to make the job easier, I want to understand other roles. But we're in the service industry, so we're not saying, hey, make my job easier, but I want you to understand where they're coming from. That's what I'm saying. Understand where we're getting the job from. We're getting the job from the real estate agent, from the lender, from the title company, right? That's where we're getting the jobs from. Those are the steps that's going through. And then we get our job and our job is to get documents signed and notarized. And then it goes off to another job. Who does it go to? It goes back to the title escrow company. It goes back through the lender. It goes, it goes to the county, for example 
right? We, un- we need to understand other roles. So I'll tell you where this came from. I got a couple phone calls from signing agents that I hired to do uh, jobs for me. And these are great, these are great notaries, okay? But they called me with questions. I'm glad they called me with questions. I, I, I'm glad you call with a question uh, without just assuming you know the answers. If you have a question, always reach out. But they did ask questions that I thought, hmm, I wish they knew this so they didn't have to waste time. If they knew the answer, they wouldn't have to tell the signers to hold up, let's let's find the answers or, hey, let me call the sign service. Like, they're, you're wasting time. If they kind of knew the process a little more, they maybe could have answered this question. So for, and I'll go into some real life examples. But for me, I always thought it was important to understand the roles. When I go, when I have a direct and I'm signing at their office, I'll hang out at their office. I get there early before the signing. I'll hang out in their office. I'm talking with them, but I'm hearing the conversations they're having. I'm hearing the struggles they're going through, right? When they call me, hey, I know we have this signing in 10 minutes, but I still don't have documents yet. They go through the same things we're going through, all right? I see that. I see that. And it's easy to be the victims of this and say, you want me to do this signing, but where's the documents? Yep, I get it. And you know what the title company is saying? Where's the documents? They're saying the same thing. But I want to give you some other examples. I got a phone call. It was last Saturday. And the signers had a question. And, for example, their question was, hey, we see on the settlement statement that taxes are being paid. I said, yep, they, the, the title company has to make sure the taxes are paid. We don't want any liens, right? We don't want the county to put a lien on the property. So the title wants to make sure all the taxes are paid. So the signers question, the, they were sellers, actually. It was, it was sellers. They had a question because this was a Saturday. No one was available. Right? No one from the title company, no one from the mortgage company. No one's available. The only phone numbers they have are office numbers. So no one's available to answer their phone call. So the notary said, let's call the signing service. Luckily, I have the answers. And I wish the notary had the answer. And that's okay that they don't. But I'm saying if you want to be peak signing agent, understand the process. So in this example... The sellers asked, like, hey, we see we're, we're, you know, we have to pay the taxes. I said, yep, that's right. Uh, I said, that's very normal. Title wants to make sure taxes are paid for because they don't want any liens on the house by the county. And then the, the seller said, but we pay our taxes every month. And I said, oh, okay, so you, what you're saying is that you, you're, you're paid up. They said, that's right. And I said, and did you let your, your title or escrow officer aware of that? And they said, no, we did not. I said, so how would they know if you didn't let them know, right? Because because you do realize that the majority of people have their escrow pay their taxes every year, right? You realize that they said, yes. And I go, did your title company or escrow company know that you pay it every month? Did they know that? Did you provide proof that you've paid that every month? And they said, well, no. I said, well, if you don't do that, how are they going to know? And they said, okay, yes. And they said, so does that mean I get a refund? I said, that's right. You're going to get a refund because it's an overpayment. So yes, you will get a refund. And they said, oh, okay. So, right? It's almost like, I understand that you pay your taxes every month, but did you let everyone else know you do that? If you don't let them know, how are they going to know? So so the sellers were totally fine. They, they understood. They said, okay, all right, we understand. We didn't tell anybody. Yes, you're correct. How would How would they know? And then their second question was, we also notice that there's commissions to the uh, real, our real estate agent and the new buyer's real estate agent. 
I said, yes, that's, uh, I said, were you not aware of that? I mean, I didn't want to throw their real estate agent under the bus because the real estate agent should have already explained this to them. They, sh they should have already kind of seen something like this. They should have known. So I didn't want to throw anyone under the bus. That's the last thing I want to do. But I said, yeah, well, you know, most case scenarios, the seller does pay all of the commissions, the buyer's agent and the seller's agent. I go, that is very commonplace. I said, I hope you uh, were told that, you, but that's, that's the normal situation. And uh, the uh, husband paused and said, yeah, I believe that's right. I believe we did that before. And then they were okay with that. But the fact is, right, that the, the signing agent uh, didn't say that, right? I'm not saying that that's happening, right? Again, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. What I said was, normally, it's very common that. That's what I say. I didn't say this is exactly what's happening, even though that's what it says on the settlement statement. But what I'm saying is, it's very common, it's very normal that the sellers pay the real estate commissions to to the real estate agents, both buyers and sellers. My question to you listeners and viewers are, are, is this. Did you know that? Maybe you did, maybe you don't. But what I'm saying is it's good to know the whole process. It is very common. And I knew that, and I, I was surprised this signing agent didn't know that or didn't know how to say it. Again, that's okay. It's good that you ask. But... We're, you would have saved time if you would have known that. And again, we're not giving specifics. If you hear my voice, I didn't give a specific. I was saying it's very common. It's it's very normal. And and ho hopefully hopefully when I say that that re that reminds them like oh yeah I think I think a real estate agent did say that or right? sometimes that will trigger that. But it's good it's good to know the whole process. Uh, let me, let me give you another example the timing of signings that's one of my notes i'm looking at here so let's say they want to sign on let's go back to signing on a saturday they want to sign on a saturday and i send the offer out there and someone replies with i can't do it saturday but i can do it friday it is very likely that you cannot sign early okay especially if they're buying or refinancing and why is that do you guys know why? Here's, here's another question for you. Do you know why you can't sign early? Well, by law, especially if they are refinancing, they have to see a closing disclosure three days before the signing. They have to see a closing disclosure. Which is going to be basically the final numbers. They need to see that at least three days before. That's the law. So can they sign two days after they see the closing disclosure? No, they cannot. They have to sign three days at least that is the law. Can they sign a day after? Now, that's possibility. Let's, let me get approval. But to even ask, can they sign earlier? Don't even ask if they can. Okay? Because you never know. A lot of times, they cannot sign early. Now, again, there are some cases where it can happen, uh, especially if it's maybe like a week ahead of time. They can kind of do some things to, to get it done a day early. But usually don't even ask, right? It can't be signed earlier. Now, you can ask if it can be signed later. That's very, that's okay to ask. Like, hey, you know, I, I cannot do this on a Saturday, but I'm available Sunday if they are. That's okay to ask for a day later. But just understand the timing of signings. Another example is I say, hey, you're, you're doing a purchase. 
we're gonna try to set it for you know try to set it for afternoon time because it has to make last drop because it has to fund the next day it has to be back to the title the next day, and then they they give they come back okay I just talked to the signers and we're good to go for six p.m. I'm like well if you sign at six p.m. how are you gonna get it dropped off in time so the title gets it back tomorrow? Oh, I, I, it probably won't. That's why we said it's gotta sign earlier like in the afternoon time. Can you please reach out? So again, it's just like understanding things. Understand the whole process. Okay, yeah, they're available at 6 o'clock. Yeah, but is it going to be back in time the next day for funding? Because a lot of times if you call the signers back and say, oh, you know what? The last pickup is like is like 5 o'clock. Can you guys sign earlier? Because they need us back tomorrow for funding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can make that work. Cause, right, because they want that property. They want they want it to fund. They don't want they don't want the interest rate ex- to expire. They don't want any issues. Yeah, they'll they'll make time a lot of the times. Now, again, yes, there are times where they just cannot do it until later in the afternoon. And then you know, let us know that like they cannot. They said they cannot do any earlier than six o'clock. Okay, then now we have to work with that. But just because that'd be a convenient time is not going to be always going to fly. You have to be aware of things. Again, think outside of your box a little bit and just think, oh, hey, signer, what time is available for you? Six? Well, just so you know, FedEx or UPS, their last pick is around five. You, We might need to sign earlier if you want this to fund, if you want to get this house the next day. Oh, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, six o'clock won't work. So again, it's like knowing the whole process. Don't just think of your bubble. Think outside your bubble a little bit. It's also good to know other state laws, especially if you're doing a split signing. Uh, it's kind of good to know a little bit about other states. I, th- I think it's I think it's it's such a good idea to be uh, in different Facebook groups. That's where I see a lot of people. Um, I, I know I, th- I always say Facebook groups. That's that's where I see people. I see a lot of different Facebook groups for notaries, and it's good to be a part of these. And you just get to see some of the discussions, and you get to hear some state laws. I know certain state laws because I'll I'll read them in Facebook groups. Uh, for example, in California. If uh, they cannot, people cannot sign in a capacity, meaning they can't sign in the notary verbiage. They can't say, you know, John and Jane Doe as trustees of this trust. They can't sign it as a capacity. They can only sign as individuals. So that won't fly. And they're going to have to attach, you know, their own, their own acknowledgement. So when my client says, hey, we just got all these back and they changed this stuff. I can say, yeah, that's California law. They can't, they can't do that. Oh, okay. So you know, because I'm aware of that. So I think it's good to know other state laws like that. So um, anyway, that's what I want to talk about. You know, I just want to talk about these. Just these are just some quick scenarios that came up recently, um, and I just thought, yeah, I think it's good that we as signing agents just know uh, to think outside our box a little bit. Think about what the lender's going through what the title company is going through, what the borrowers are going through, what's going to happen with the paperwork when we're done. Like I tell people this, when, I, when I'm doing a signing and I tell them, hey, this is, how I, this, this is what I say before every signing. When we sit down, I check their IDs first thing. And then I just say, hey, a couple things before we get started. Because when they sign my notary journal, I can kind of see their signature. And I can kind of tell them, for example, right? So if they have like a really sloppy signature, I'm not really, you know, I'm not going to be too picky about it. But if, if, their, na- if their name is Jane Doe, and I can read their signature as Jane Doe. But on the paperwork, it says Jane A. Doe. I'm going to tell them that. So, so I say this. Hey, all right. So just a couple things real quick before we get started. You're, you're going to have to sign your name like this. And I'll tell them. And you have to put your initials like this. So Jane, you're going to do your initials J-A-D. 
right? Jane A. Doe. That's how you're going to do your initials. So I say, you sign like this, you initial like this. You When you date it, I tell them, be consistent. If you do, you know, slashes or, or, or dashes, just be consistent with how you date the document. Make sure it's kind of legible. And if you make any mistakes, do not scribble and don't trace it 10 times. I go, they don't like that. And I tell the signers of this, right? Because, I'm, again, I'm telling them to think outside the, you know, their little bubble for a little bit. I'm like, just think about this. When we're done signing, this goes back to the title company. Then it gets, then it gets forwarded to the, to the mortgage company and the county. And so if any of those don't like something, they don't like the way you dated it, they don't like your signature, they're going to make you redo this. And it's not going to go through. I go, so it's going to go to three different hands. So just think it's got to be nice and neat for them. So just take your time. If you make a mistake, don't scribble. Don't trace it 10 times. Just strike through it once, put your initials, and then correct it. That's how I explain it. So I'm telling this, I tell the signers the thing outside their box a little bit to just say, hey, listen, this is what's happening with your paperwork. You got to make it look nice and neat. And that's what I say. And, you know, and I print copies, so I'm, I plan on swapping it out anyway. But, but uh, you know, this is what I say. And it helps prevent any errors or issues, even during the signing. So again, just think outside your box a little bit and just think, hey, how, what is my role doing? And how is that affecting the next person, me as the notary, as the signing agent, how, what I'm doing right now, how is that going to affect the title company, the mortgage company, the county is being recorded in? If it's a split signing, how is what I'm doing affecting the next notary? How can I make my job easier? How can I make the job easier for the next person? So for example, if I know I'm doing a split signing and I'm shipping it to the next notary and, I, and I'm the first signer, I'm going to have all the loose certificates. That way, the next signer, they don't need to worry because it's going to get shipped to the house, right? They don't need to worry how many jurats or how many acknowledgements blank should I bring with me. They don't have to worry about it. Just use what's, what's there because I, I attached all the stuff. I already had the paperwork already ahead of time. I, right, I'm trying to make the job easier for the next notary. I'm thinking outside my box. That's what I want you guys to think about. What is How is your job affecting the next person? How can you make it better for the next person. How can you make it better for the next notary? How can you make it better for the title company, mortgage company, the county recorder, so forth? Just think like that a little bit, right? How can I make this signing go smoother? Can I answer that question or can I help guide them with the answer to that question, the signers? You know, it's a Saturday, it's after hours, or we don't got time to make a phone call. Like, I know the answer. I can point to it. I can give a quick explanation of what they're looking at. I can briefly describe what, what it is with the questions they have. Right when they say, "Oh, what's the? Why would they want my tax returns? Why, why do I have to send this forty five hundred six C? I don't know. They might. They might not. But you know, if they want it, they can ask for it. You're you're just trying to think of what questions they might have. How can you answer it to make them understand it better? So anyway, just want to share that. I hope that helps you guys. Again, thank you everyone that's been listening. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. Uh, if you're on podcast, please follow or subscribe. If you're on YouTube, uh, subscribe, comment, rate on everything. And uh, real quick, are you following me yet? At Peak Signing is where you can find all my social media posts, what's going on. And if you want to know what's going on with me personally, at D Van Otten is where you can find me on all social media platforms as well. Keep being awesome because I know you are. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.